Awesome. We'll get going here. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for helping us see. Thank you for the joy of knowing that we are in a different place in you. That you are in us and we are in you. Thank you, Lord, for these, these things are too wonderful for us. Only by the Spirit can we see and grasp and experience your love like this, your freedom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us now hear, Lord. Help us speak. Help us understand even more as we feed on Christ, as we feed on you, Lord. You made it so simple and yet so profound. So simple. To live is Christ. To live is Christ. So simple. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Paul was... Uh, Paul was, was, was accused of uh, preaching a gospel that was weak and foolish. And because he, everything he shared was focused on Jesus himself. It was Christ. It was Christ. It was Christ. And Paul says in response to that, he said, he said no, it's not weak. It's not foolish. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And what he's saying there, saints, is that God has made this so simple, simple. It is so simple that sometimes we make it complicated um, because we think it's either too good to be true or it can't be that easy. Um, but God did the hard part. All the fullness of God dwelt within Christ bodily, all the fullness of God. And what he did and removing sin from the earth and cleansing the earth of sin. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and opening a door for every human being to be joined to God Himself by the gift of the Spirit is so profound yet so simple. Paul told the Corinthians, I fear, um, lest, I fear that you have, as Eve was beguiled by Satan, as Eve was beguiled by Satan and was moved away, Eve was moved to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He told the Corinthians, I fear that you too are, are being moved to another Jesus, another gospel. He said that, another Jesus, another gospel, which is not another, he said. And, and, and you have left the simplicity, the singleness of Christ. Um, it's so simple. It's like, uh, Jesus himself in union with us is all we need. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him, Paul said. The, to the natural, this is too simplistic. To the spiritual, it's the power of God. When he walked the earth, when Jesus walked the earth, think about what God modeled for us. When Jesus walked the earth, 
and there were needs all around him, whether it's physical needs, um, uh, people in, in, in guilt and need of forgiveness, all the needs that were around him as he walked the earth. What was the formula? What was the, what was the thing they had to do to get um, something from him? What was the, what was the, uh, um, what, what, how did he interact with the people all around, all around him that had needs and had all these things that were going on? What, what happened? What, what was the father modeling for us? And what you see is a simplicity that is amazing. Because all you see is him saying, don't be afraid. Bring her to me. Don't be afraid. I'll go to them now. My servant is sick. Don't be afraid. I'll go. Um, bring, him, bring her to the master. Um, uh, don't be afraid. Believe only, Peter. Don't be afraid. Look at me, Peter. Look at me. Come out of the boat, Peter. Don't be afraid. Look at me. Look at me. Believe on me. See me. 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 Christ. 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 And he did it in a way where there was, there was no condition. He would heal all the sick in a city. All who came to him. The scripture says all who came to him were delivered or healed. All who came to him were forgiven. Not a single one. Even though they tried to trap him in his words and tried to, the woman caught in the very act of adultery and trying to trap him and, and, and accuse him that he's, he doesn't teach the law of Moses. He's even then, he, he turned it on them and forgave always, everyone. What, what, is, what is this? See, Gentiles and Jews, there was no condition. There was no, if you do this, I'll heal you. If you're, if you're you know, how, how, have, you, have you attended synagogue? Are you, are, you a, a, are you a good person? No. I mean, this, this simplicity is, is so awesome. It's Christ. And the reason why it can happen that way is because he would, by his death, totally remove the sin of the world. I've been looking into um, to he in Hebrews lately, and I'm, the Lord willing, I want to start go, doing some teaching out of Hebrews. Ah, oh, I love Hebrews. Hebrews, I, I've heard in the past people say, I've heard people say as I've, in the, growing up as a believer, I've heard people say, Oh, Hebrews is a difficult book. It's a, it's, a, it's a good book, but it's a difficult book to understand and all this stuff. And you know what? It's not. It's not. What's difficult is believing the message of Hebrews. It's difficult to believe that Hebrews is really saying what it's saying. Do you realize what Hebrews is saying? The book, when you hear the book of Hebrews, I hope that from now on you hear, when you hear the book of Hebrews, you think of this. The book of Hebrews is a revelation of God changing the priesthood and therefore changing the law such that in fulfillment of all prophecies that Christ would come after the order of Melchizedek and not after the order of Levi, that this high priest would once for all time, for all people, take away the sin, not cover, but take away the sin of the whole world for all time. That is what Hebrews is about. And, and, and the next thing that Hebrews talks about is, therefore, since that's true, let us go boldly now, not when you die, not just when you die, but now, 
Let us go boldly into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God Himself. The Scripture says we can go boldly to a throne of grace to find help and mercy in time of need. There's no need when, once we leave these bodies and go to heaven. He's talking about now, boldly into the very throne of God in here, in the Spirit. We have direct access. Paul says you have direct access to the Father through, by the Spirit through Christ. Now on earth. Hebrews is a proclamation of a great door that has been opened to all mankind. All mankind. Um, uh, Paul says in Hebrews that in, under the old tabernacle system, under the Levitical priesthood, there was a continual offering of sacrifices for sins, never stopped. And there were no places to sit down in the temple because their work was never done. The only place in the temple where there was a chair was in the Holy of Holies, and that was the mercy seat. And no one dared sit on that. That was where God himself met with the high priest once a year as he came as a picture of the Christ who would come. At the end of the year, the high priest would come as a picture of the Christ who would come at the end of the world, Hebrews says, at the end of this age, at the end of all ages, see? He would end the age as we know it. He would end the world as we know it. He would come at the end of the world and enter into a tabernacle not made by hands and sit down having finished his work. This is awesome. Acts says Peter was concerned about going into the home of a Gentile and the Lord opened his eyes and he had a vision of a great white sheet coming down, white speaking of purity and righteousness. And then this sheet, there were all these unclean animals that the Jews were taught not to eat under the old law. And so here's Moses and, I mean, um, Peter, and Peter gets this vision of this unclean animals coming down from heaven, from heaven with this, and four corners, speaking of the whole globe, the whole world, and you're coming down three times, the Lord says, kill and eat, kill and eat, as if, wow, Lord, that's against the covenant, that's against, a Jew can't eat pork, you know, kill and enjoy this bacon, you know, it's like, what, I, we can't, and so... <laughs> And so what, and what God was saying, and then, and then Peter says, I, I can't, I can't do that, you know. And then the Lord spoke to him out of that vision and he said, what God has cleansed. We did, we did three Sundays on this. We have, or two Sundays, we have a couple of tapes on this. So cool. What God has cleansed, no longer call unclean. Huge. God was in Christ, reconciling the whole world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. What am I saying? There's only one sin that remains. The scripture says, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come and convict the world of sin. What? Why, Lord? What sin is it? Because they believe not on Jesus. Don't call unholy what God has cleansed. That was a message to Peter from the Father himself. So then he knew, wow, I can go to the Gentiles' house, the dogs, 
I can go in there and talk to them and minister to them because God just told me, don't call them dogs anymore. Don't call them unholy. Don't call them unclean, which is the whole world. We see people now as God sees them. They're forgiven. They just don't know it. And if they die without believing in Jesus, yes, they will die in their sins. That's right. That's the truth. If they don't believe that he is who he is, says he is, there is, remains no other sacrifice for sin. And they will die in their sins. And that's why he would weep over Jerusalem. Because they didn't recognize who he was. But that, isn't it awesome? We, the whole world has been forgiven. It's not a matter of them doing better and earning it or, you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of them seeing what has happened. The high priest has come and he has done it. He has ascended on high. He has sat down on the right hand of God. Um, let's look at some verses in Hebrews real quick and then we'll... So the next time you hear just the phrase, the book of Hebrews... I want you to please try to think that what that's saying, what, what that book is all about. And it's all about the manifestation of the Son of God to take away the sin of the world, to remove sin from the planet yes. so that anybody can go boldly to God if they would only believe. It's the power of the gospel. It's the power of the gospel. And, and this work is so complete that as Hebrew says in this new covenant, I will remember their sins no more. I'll keep a record of their sins no more. See, that's, this is what's so awesome. Sin is not being recorded anywhere for those who are in him for those who do not believe on him then one day all the books will be open and they will give an account of every word they spoke every thought that's what jesus meant when he talked to pharisees he said every idle word you speak you shall give an account of you think you're righteous in yourself i'm telling you that everything you thought everything you did everything you said you'll give an account of therefore come to me come to me Receive a righteousness which is from above, a gift of righteousness. Receive the work of the Father and be joined to me. I am the righteous one, Jesus said. See? Isn't that awesome? Okay, so uh, let's see, Hebrews. I found my New American Standard. It was in my office. I love the New American Standard. I say this a lot, but... The New American Standard Version is really the, it's the truest translation. It's the one Clark uses when you, most of the time when you see it. That's his Bible too. Um, it's, it's nothing wrong with using other translations to get another picture of a, a verse or something. But as far as truest translation from the original Greek and Hebrew, the New American Standard I think is the best. And not just me, that's, that is the consensus that it is the closest to the, the actual Greek and Hebrew. Okay, let's look at uh, Hebrews please. Look, first look at this. Look at, look at Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. The writer starts off with a quick little summary of what he's going to be talking about. Hebrews chapter 1. God 
Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. God, <laughs> nice, nice beginning, God. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much better than the angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. That's how he begins. Isn't that awesome? After he made purification for sins, he sat down. Something the priests of the Old Covenant under the order of Levi could never do because their work was never finished because only the, they were only covering sin and they could, the blood of bulls and goats could never take it away. Look at this also. Uh, let's turn to... Let's see, Hebrews... Chapter 8, Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1, about halfway into the letter. He's reminding the reader what his, what his main point is. I love what Peter Lord says. Have you ever heard Peter Lord speak? I love Peter, Peter Lord's ministry. Um, he's out of Titusville, but he speaks all over the world. He's really, really a neat brother. I love the way Peter Lord says... He goes, always keep the main thing, the main thing. No, no, he, said, no he says, he says, no, the, he says, the main thing is to always keep the main thing, the main thing. I love that. That's so good. And it's so true. The main thing is to always keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is Christ. Christ. And Paul says, I'm determined not to know anything among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. Him and his work. Okay, cool. All right, this is chapter 8, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 1. Now, the main point in what has been said is this. We have such a high priest who has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Where did we just read that? That was in, yeah. He sat down on the right hand of the majesty, which is God himself, a minister in the sanctuary and in the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. So it is necessary that this high priest, Jesus, also having something to offer. Now, if he were on earth, which in verse 3 is referring to himself, he offered himself. Verse 4, now this is so cool, saints, get this, this is so cool, verse 4. Now, if he, Jesus, were on earth, he would not be a priest at all, since there are those who offer the gifts according to the law. 
who serve a copy and shadow of the heavenly things. Just as Moses was warned by God when he was about to erect the tabernacle, he said, See, God says, that you make all things according to the pattern which was shown to you on the, mount, the mountain. The pattern on earth copies on the mountain the reality. Okay. If he were on earth, he would not be a priest at all. Because on earth, it's the law. Paul says, why do you live as if you're still in the world? As, you still, as if you're still in this world. What does it mean? What does it really mean? That we are seated with Him in heavenly places. What does it really mean? When Paul says, or rather the writer to the Hebrews says, as long as the tabernacle was standing where the priests, according to Levi, were offering sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice that only covered sin. The writer of the Hebrews says, as long as that tabernacle was standing and they were doing that, the Holy Spirit signifying that the way into the Holy of Holies was not yet made manifest. A high priest going once a year behind the veil was a picture of the one act that would happen when Christ came. At the end of the age, the scripture says in Hebrews, at the end of the world, it actually says, at the end of the world, he's appeared to put away sin forever. It's finished. Saints, the world as we know it is over. And the law that was in it and a part of it has nothing to do with you. You are, you are dead to the law. Paul says, I want you to be as one who is dead to it. You are released from it. You are not in the same sphere, not in the same realm. It's not law anymore. It's life. It's union with him. There is no law in heaven. There's no law in heaven. You don't see two trees in heaven. You see one tree in heaven. The book of Revelation says there was the tree of life. There's no tree of knowledge of good and evil. There's just Him. Emanating from Him is life. Life, life, life. Life simply is. See, it's so cool. Um, he would not be a priest at all if He was on earth. Because his kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, are you a king? Jesus said, you've spoken the truth. I am a king. But my kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, my servants would fight that I would not be delivered up to you. If, if I was of this natural world and a kingdom of this world, we'd have a war and we would win. <laughs> he would have all the animals attack like Avatar, you know. The elephants and the lions would attack. You know, I mean, it would be, be just, you know, it would be no contest, you know. But his kingdom is not of this world. And where are we? For you have been translated 
from the kingdom of this darkness into the kingdom of the beloved Son. Not will be, are. If you have been born of Him, you're no longer from below, but from above. The true tabernacle. Thanks, Pam. 1015. Thanks, Pam. The true tabernacle. He has entered in for us. And where he is, is where we are. If he is our head and we are his body, then where he is, where we are. And where we are is where he is. And that's the promise. Lo, I am with you. I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Hebrews is huge. It's simple. It's so simple, but it's so profound. God switched the priesthood. He prophesied. That's why Melchizedek came to Abraham. While Levi was still in Abraham's loins, the scripture says, showing the superior priesthood of Melchizedek, whose name means king of righteousness, and he was over the city of Salem, or peace, which is the ancient Jerusalem. He was over the city of peace. Righteousness and peace go hand in hand. If you are righteous, you have peace with God. He came as a high priest, and guess what he was bringing? I mean, this is so clear. What, was, what did Melchizedek bring to Abraham? Bread and wine. Bread and wine. A picture of what Christ would do. Saints, and the, the writer of the Hebrews ends by saying, because this is all true, let us go into the Holy of Holies. Let us go. Let us engage. Let us walk into this realm that he has opened the door for us. Christ in you. To live is Christ. Simple, but it's profound. Remember how he walked the earth? Bring them to me. Just bring them to me. Don't be afraid. Believe only. Everyone, Lord, everyone. Everyone, everyone. For God was in Christ, reconciling the whole world unto himself, not counting the trespasses against them. Christ, Christ, simplicity, union, life. Rest. One thing Ken and I were talking about last night is you see the two trees in the garden. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said leads to death. The knowledge of good and evil leads to death. But the other tree starts with life. The tree of life. So what does the tree of life lead to? If the tree of knowledge of good and evil leads to death. God reversing the order, starting with life, where does the tree of life lead to? And I believe God, you know, the scripture says the invisible things of God are clearly seen by that which has been made. And, and an optometrist will tell you that the eye sees everything and turns it upside down in your eye. It reverses it. And on the retina, everything we're looking at now is reversed upside down inside our eyes. I believe God did it that way to show us how revelation works. Revelation is the opposite 
of what we think. And also, look at, these, look at this. If knowledge of good and evil leads to death, and the tree of life leads to something else, cross those over and see what corresponds. Death corresponds with life. What does the knowledge of good and evil correspond to? Knowledge of what? What? Yes, yes. Knowledge of Him. See? Knowledge of Him. Jesus said this, Lord, Father, this is eternal life, that they know You. See, life and knowing God are synonymous. To have His life is to know Him. He who has the life has the light of life, Jesus said. To have the life is to know Him. They shall all know me, Hebrew says. They shall no longer teach, know the Lord, know the Lord, know the Lord, with commandments that tell us what he's like or what he, what, or what he likes. They shall no longer say, know the Lord, know the Lord, and read the law, and read the law. For they all shall know me from the least to the greatest, for I shall be within them. They shall all be taught of the Lord, the scripture says. They shall be taught of the Lord. They shall not say, know the Lord, know the Lord. They shall all know me from the least to the greatest. Why? Because I will be merciful to all their iniquities. This is what makes it possible. I will take away all their sin. I will, I will not consider their iniquities ever again. I will remember their sins no more. I'll bring them into union with me. And this high priest, they shall be joined to this one, this king of righteousness, this king of peace. And we have now peace with God as we stand in this grace. The scripture says in Romans, we have peace with God as we stand in this grace, in hope of the glory of God. This is what's inside of us. You see it? And then because we know him, we can truly discern. Hebrews says you can discern what is truly good and truly evil. It's not that you don't know what's right and wrong. You know what's truly good and truly evil. Because you know him. You see? There's a lot of people that think they know what's good and what is evil, but they thought they were doing good by trying to kill Jesus. There are those who will seek to kill me. They think they serve God, but they don't know me nor my father, see? There are a lot of people doing things they think are good, but they're not doing it from a place of union with him who know we know him. If you know him, you're not going to look down on, on the prostitute. You're not going to look down and, and be condescending to the weak. You're not going to um, make someone feel inferior because of their sin. They don't know him. He's not like that. So that's truly evil. Even though the righteous, self-righteous would say, this is a good thing. I'm separating myself from sinners. But the truly good thing is to not separate yourself from that person, but to embrace that person and bring them in. He was a friend of sinners. He ate and drank with them and they didn't understand it because he knew what was truly good and truly evil. And what was truly evil? <coughs> Trying to do it yourself and all of their righteousness. He said, all of your righteousness that you think is so good to the Pharisees, it is truly evil. You cross land and sea to make one convert of the laws of God and you make them twice the child of hell that you are. Truly evil. Even though they're evangelists for righteousness. Think it not strange that Satan is able to make his ministers ministers of righteousness. Truly evil. Even though they're preaching righteousness. When we know him, 
We really know what's truly good and truly evil because we don't live on the basis of the knowledge of good and evil. We live on the basis of the knowledge of Him. Amen. You see it? Yeah. Lord, thank you so much. We have to go. Thank you, Lord, so much for helping us see. Thank you for the power of the Spirit of God to open our eyes to this, Lord. Oh, great high priest, after the order of Melchizedek, Lord, help us see the open heaven, the awesome work, the revelation of Hebrews. Oh, God, thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes. It's there for all to see. In Jesus' name, amen.